Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 042. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, have you ever had one of those goosebump moments, one that just sends chills up your spine? These can certainly happen on good occasions, and in those times when God is leading us to something we might not expect. These are the leadings that can put us at a crossroad. Well, we live life that's just ho-hum, or life that's truly abundant. Let's find out more. Goosebumps. Goose pimples. Gooseies. Whatever you may call it. I'm guessing you've each had some version of the experience that goes along with that word. There may be different things that set them off for each of us. And maybe we can't put our finger on exactly what it is that's doing it. But there's one thing that they all hold in common. There's something that's special. An instant moment that's like, wow, that gave me goosebumps. Again, we may not be able to nail down exactly what it is that causes it or what is happening that instantly, without even thinking, there they are. But in the moment, that doesn't matter. Because most of the time, I know there's probably a couple exceptions to this, most of the time, it happens in a moment we wouldn't mind experiencing again. Could God use goosebumps in our lives to bring us to abundant life? Would God have it in... God's toolbox to lead us with goosebumps. Wouldn't it be a creative God who could use something inspired by an obnoxious, noisy, dirty animal? It takes a little bit of practice. But as we get in tune with it, if you will, those moments, those goosebump instants can be life-changing, can be life-giving. Let's pray together. God, may your spirit shine today. May your spirit move in us and transform us from the inside out. Work through your word. Work through your spirit, we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, we are going to ditch the bulletin because as God loves to do sometimes, we're going with a different passage today. Unfortunately, God never cares if the ideas are 90% there. God can take a pastor on a hairpin, sharp, left turn just as fast as he can anybody else. But it's fitting that God would do something like that to me as we look into this topic. This one that branches into the Holy Spirit's specialty, if you will. God speaking, God leading through promptings, through goosebump moments to put tangible language to it. And as this passage is going to point out, it's difficult to nail your finger on it. It's difficult to say, this is what it is, or this is where it's going. But nonetheless, there is so much life that can happen as we obey those promptings, as we obey those leadings. Let's check it out. This comes out of the first part of John 3. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after he has grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, Again, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
Do not be astonished that I say to you, you must be born from above. For the wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. That last verse is the verse we're going to launch from today. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, Jesus is talking to a really smart guy. Nicodemus is a Pharisee, which, common to all the other Pharisees in the Gospels, these are guys who have probably memorized libraries of the law. They were that kind of people. Smart people. I mean, the Dave Borlands of the biblical world, you know? <laughs> but as smart as he was, intellectually, as this conversation goes, Nicodemus keeps tripping up over this idea of being able to distinguish between literally being born again, an old man going back into the birth canal and having a re-entry or something like that, and being spiritually born again. He can't wrap his head around that. And so similar to that, and outside of the realm of that particular verse, I want to distinguish two ideas here that relate to time and how the New Testament deals with time. There's two ways, and I'm, I'm going to teach you a little bit of geek Greek, so tell PJ to check this out and verify me. Here. But there are two ways that the Bible talks about time. There's chronos and there's kairos. Chronos is time as we know it on the calendar or on the watch. Did you set your clocks back last night? That's chronos. It's actually where we get our word chronology where things happen in a linear, one right after the other, after the other. See, you guys know more Greek than you thought. Kairos is moments. Kairos is goosebump moments, if you will. Best way to put it. Promptings. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, life is not about how many breaths you take, but how many moments take your breath away. That's basically another way of putting this distinguishing between Kronos and Kairos. Kronos is how many breaths you take. You know, I took 900 breaths in the last hour. That's chronos. That's chronology. Kairos is counting those moments that take your breath away. Those are the moments we're going to check out today. Those are the moments God often uses that can be hard to put our finger on, but can be so incredibly powerful when we're attuned to it and we're paying attention and when we step into it. It can lead to really a life of adventure rather than a life of ho-humness. But first, I'm going to give us a few reminders to keep in mind as we're exploring this topic that, like that verse said, verse 8, can be kind of like trying to chase the wind or trying to grab the wind. It can be difficult. So we'll give uh, something to try to anchor us a little bit as we explore this topic that the Holy Spirit specializes in. First off, is a reminder that God does not reward on our timeline. The Bible and 21st century life abounds with stories of people who are faithful, who are diligent about trying to do what God leads them to, and yet they don't see the fruit of it, at least right away. And that can be so frustrating, especially in a world that is centered on instant gratification. You think, we want to have, if we're going to obey, we want to see the fruit of it, we want to see the benefit of it, Let's be honest, right away. 
even if, just so we know we're on the right path. I heard a story of a man, and this is a fictional story, of a man who asked God, or he said, what is time like to you? And, and God answers him, said, a second to me is like a thousand years to you. And then the man gets a little bit bolder and he says, what is money like to you, God? God said, a million dollars to you is like a penny to me. So the man gets even bolder. He says, God, would you mind if you gave me just a penny? God said, sure, just a second. (laughs) That's how it can be sometimes, holding out, foreseeing the fruit of living a life of faithfulness. About 20 plus years ago, I was on a hike with a friend of mine. We were kind of on the tail end of high school. We were just minding our, our own business back in the woods. And there was a guy about two years older than us who, in hindsight, he must have been listening to a prompt, a leading from the Holy Spirit. Because he came up to us, did not know us, and shared the gospel with us. Now, my friend and I were nominal churchgoers at best, far stretched from believers other than, you know, 45 minutes on a Sunday morning. And so, honestly, as I was listening to him with one ear, I kind of had my head on a swivel, and I'm looking out for this bear that he might have trained to jump out at us in the, while we're you know, glued in on his story. Because stuff like this just doesn't happen, I thought. But I still was paying attention. Enough that over 20 years ago, I still remember this scene. And my friend and I did not accept Christ then, at that moment. But we parted ways with this guy, and wouldn't you know it, about three years later, Steve and I would be playing on the same worship band at Illinois State. You know, when I told him about this whole instance, remembering the scene, and he swears he doesn't remember it, but I'm positive that was the guy. And it would be so like God that this stranger would follow the prompt, I have to think of it that way in hindsight, to share the gospel with me. And a couple years later, we'd be on the front lines ministering together, side by side. Just the way that God works. Another reminder. Or clue, I guess, is that God can use a feather to prompt us, or God can use a brick. Sometimes the Holy Spirit works kind of like a spiritual wingman. Kind of gives you that that buzz in your ear that says, hey, go talk to this person. Much like I have no doubt Steve heard or was led by. Hey, I want you to pray for this person right here, right now. Even if they are, you know, a thousand miles away. Holy Spirit can still work in that way and can still lead us into these things that maybe in hindsight we look at and go, wow, that's a goosebump moment. But you know what? God has bricks in his toolbox as well. As I learned a little bit later than that hike story, as I started to absorb some of the promptings or leadings that I sensed about going to seminary, and I remember in Rachel was there at this conversation. We'll see if she remembers this one as well. Rachel and I happened to be on our church's search committee at the time that I'm starting to explore this sort of stuff. And there was a guy who was, he was a colleague of the interim pastor that we had. And he came to interview for the spot. And we're interviewing him and everything like that. And I swear to you, this guy did not know me from Adam before this day. But we're talking about how to plan out ministry, and and I honestly don't even remember the whole context of the conversation, but we're thinking future plans, and we're getting his ideas. And we're standing 
right about the equivalent of here in our sanctuary. And in front of a dozen of my brothers and sisters in Christ, this guy who does not know me from Adam says, you know what you do? Puts his armor on me. And he says, you take a young guy like this and you put him into seminary. His words, exactly. Now, there are Kairos moments and there are Everest just fell on your head Kairos moments. That was one of them. That, that hike, and so many other little goosebump moments along the, along the way are what built things up, fell along that Kronos path that would have me even up here sharing these kind of stories in front of you. Sometimes, take heart, God can be that obvious. So it's not all trying to, to decipher those little moments that, that are just hard to put our finger on. But I want to cast a bit of a warning around this whole idea of God occasionally, graciously dropping Mount Everest on your head. Be careful about praying for a fleece. Now maybe you're thinking, I just took a hairpin sharp left turn on you, returning God's favor. But this actually comes out of the story that I originally thought I was going to use, the one that's in your bulletin, about a young judge, who would eventually become a judge, named Gideon who was a man who, at the time, probably had an immature faith. It had not fully developed yet. And he kind of gets this calling, if you will, or he's in this decision about the issue at bar on his prayer is, am I going to take Israel to war? So I get the idea he wants some serious clarity on this. I would too, if I'm going to go to war, let alone take other people into it. So this is what I mean about praying about a fleece, or asking for a fleece. This is how the conversation between Gideon and God goes. It says, God, I want to be really sure of this. So I'm going to take this fleece. I'm going to lay it out on the grass, God. And if you want me to do this, then make the fleece wet and make everything around it dry. And then I'll trust that I'm hearing you right. And he goes to bed and wakes up and the fleece is wet and the grass is dry. He says, all right, God, don't strike me down with lightning yet. But let's do this one more time. But let's flip it. So God, I'm going to take the same fleece. I'm going to lay it out on the grass. Now, if, you really are, if I'm really hearing you right, make the fleece dry and the grass all around it wet. Or if I mess that up, whatever the opposite is of what a version I just said. And he goes to bed wakes up, and God did as Gideon asked. He's like, okay, God, we're clear. I'm apparently hearing from you. I will do what you're saying. Again, God can be that drop a Mount Everest on your head version of clear, just like he was with me in that moment, just like he was with Gideon and the fleece. But I'd be wary of praying that kind of prayer. Praying, God, I will listen to you I will obey you if you make four monkeys jump out of this pew and start dancing a jig right in front of me. That's the kind of prayer I'm talking about. The kind of prayer that really puts God to the test and treats God like some kind of circus act. Could God do it? Sure. But God doesn't take too well to being tested like that. Let's get on to something fun. A reminder that obedience leads to Kairos moments leads to those goosebump moments. Now, sure, we can play life safe. 
Whenever we're prompted, whenever we're led, whenever we kind of get that nudge or that tap on the shoulder, we can ignore it and say shut up and shoo it away and live a grand old ho-hum life in our own little world, population one. But when we get those nudges and we obey them, that's when life goes from ho-hum to holy smokes. That's when you kind of get that nudge to encourage somebody, whatever that looks like. And the response you get is, you have no idea how much I needed that right here and right now. You may call somebody that you haven't talked to in years, and something they say it gives you goosebumps because it charges you up, builds you up. Again, had you not made the call, had you not shared the encouragement, you're not getting struck by lightning, but you're just kind of surviving through life and instead of thriving through it. Now, can it be scary sometimes? Yeah. Guarantee you that just as much as I guarantee just about anything else I'm saying here. I'm guessing Steve was a bit apprehensive about walking up to two strangers in the middle of the woods and sharing the gospel. But he did. And here's the fact. And if you hang on to nothing except this, here's the message for you. Here's the thing to put on the sticky note. When God gives a vision, God gives provision. God will give you the strength, the courage, the words, the whatever it is that you need. You want examples of this? Read the story. The passage is going to elude me at the moment, but when I believe Exodus 3, when God and Moses are having a conversation, and God is getting ready to call Moses to lead the Israelite nation out of Egypt. He's going to approach the Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And, and Moses has this string of gaps that are like, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. And he just rattles off the excuses. And God has given him the vision and gives him the provision. He says, all right, I'll meet the gap here. I'll step in the gap here. I'll fill the need there. I can't explain how all of this works. It's like trying to grasp the wind, catching the Spirit, trying to understand, trying to wrangle in what the Holy Spirit does. But I'll tell you, when we obey, there's a whole lot more chance we get those kairos moments, those goosebump moments. So this week, and we'll take it beyond the, the week, but I won't see you again for all two, but if you get that nudge, big or small, it could be as simple as giving somebody a smile, it could be as big as sharing the gospel with somebody. Take a chance on, on obeying it, on listening to it, knowing in faith God is right there with you. God is the one who will give you the strength, the words, the courage, whatever it is. Because these are the moments that life is made of. These are the moments that really make life abundant. So when we hear that leading, that, that prompting, we step into it, and the moment happens. And 20, 25 years later, we still remember it. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week in the Woodlane Worship Podcast.